The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Well, hello, Engaging Truth audience. Pastor Jeff Doria here with the most excellent guest today as we have on our call President Michael Newman of the Texas District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Hello, Mike, and how's your day going so far? Oh, good, Pastor Doria. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for hosting. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I... um. I know you're a busy man, you know, handling the Texas district and all the many congregations, not only dealing with our synod. Um, and in the midst of all that, you and the um, are in the middle of a relocation process, my understanding. So the Texas district uh, relocation there in Austin moving out. I was wondering if you can give us a short, quick update on how things are going. I would love to. But first, I got to say to you, Jeff, Christ is risen. Yeah. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All righty. Got to start that way. That's yeah, a great way God to start. God is so good. You know, he's blessing us. We are uh, moving the district office. It's because, you know, it's, boy, we've had that current office for, oh, well over 50 years, a lot of deferred maintenance. It's uh, be too much money, actually, for us to bring that up to code and to fix mm -hmm. it. But fortunately, Austin land values have skyrocketed. So, we can steward that beautiful site that was uh, established in the 1960s. That was way out of town back in the 1960s. It, uh, yeah. The office moved from near the Concordia University, the old university campus. And we could steward the blessings from that and roll it into, we uh, purchased a couple acres in Round Rock. And construction's underway. Our dedication is going to be July 7th at 10 a.m., and everything's on track for that. This will be the Texas District Mission Support Center, brand new building, housing Texas District and Texas CEF. And it is just going to be a great place for training people. There's larger meeting space areas. We just really reconfigured pretty close to the same square footage, but it shifted around into more of a contemporary arrangement so we can actually host more people, do some significant training of educators, okay. pastors, uh, church planters, evangelists, lay people. It's going to be very, very exciting, fresh, new, safe, and we're excited. So yeah, it's coming along great. God is good. We're not going to have a mortgage and we're going to be able to use that building and wear it out for ah, Jesus. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Multi, multi-purpose, a lot of different uses for it. So that sounds great. Well, um, you know, I was thinking about the relocation and on this special weekend as we're dealing with Easter and all this wonderful wonderful joy that we have in the church in our life uh there's a different kind of relocation that we all in we all will experience and that is a relocation of our bodies we all have this earthly body and i think that uh, no matter what your religion is or even if you even if you don't even believe in any sort of god or higher power uh, we all recognize that our bodies are going to relocate to dust we're going to die and uh Different people have different views on what that in, what that means and what's going to happen after we die. 
And uh, the Christian church has the most awesome message, the message of truth of Jesus Christ. So I was hoping that you might be able to express a little bit about this relocation of our body, soul, that kind of thing, uh, in light of Easter and what Jesus has done for us. Well, isn't it something, you know, the Bible says that God has written eternity on the hearts of men. So mm. we know there's something more. It's easy to lose that, isn't it? it? Get distracted by what's going on in our current culture, the list of things to do, all the things we buy, responsibilities we have, uh, even the woes of this world. A lot of things can just take us away from what really matters, uh, what the point of life is, what our purpose is. But the beautiful thing is God's word continues to bring the reminder to us that uh, the wages of sin is death. You know, we're, we're all going to die. We're all broken. We're fallen. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, yeah, everybody has to reckon with moving day, right? The fact that uh, this life will end. And what's the future going to be? Uh, two things last eternally, according to the scriptures. The, the word of God stands forever and people last forever. We all have to ask the question, what about our eternity? And ultimately that boils down to what's our purpose? You know, are we here just to turn to dust and have everything around us turn to dust? Or is there something bigger? Is there something more? And God has shown us that there's great purpose for each of our lives. He sent his son who loves us, who shows God's eternal love for us. We are his unique and wonderful creation not only created to you know, serve him before the fall into sin, but even in Revelation, it says that when all things are restored, when Christ comes again and the resurrection takes place, his servants will serve him in eternity. So we're all cut out to keep up with our purpose and all of our uniqueness, each of us together, uh, to serve the Lord forever. So yeah, there's going to be a, a great day. And Jesus' resurrection opened the door to eternal life. He's the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. So that means as he delivers his gifts to us, we receive that gift of eternal life. And moving day can be a great day. Uh, mm -hmm. Death is not the end. It opens the door to life that's even more full and purpose that is even more complete. So, wow. Talk about yeah. the hope of life in the resurrection of Jesus. It's absolutely amazing. Indeed. Yeah, we just, my wife and I, we just relocated our, well, my mother-in-law, her mom, and uh, we relocated after her husband had died. So um, now she's a widow and starting starting a new chapter of this earthly life. And uh, and it's it's interesting to see the the hope that she has. And, uh, you know, it's just a new beginning, different city, different uh, earthly home and uh, and some old friends. And uh, she actually, you know, at 80 years old, has reconnected with a couple of our high school friends. So I look forward to the day that uh, there'll be the reconnection with people in heaven, people that we haven't seen in ages. And so, what do you do? You do you sense a, a certain kind of hope that people have as um, as Christians? How we live in this earthly life? Uh, what kind of like what separates our hope? that we have uh, for though compared to the people that just don't have any real connection to the savior. Oh gosh. <clears throat> you know, that's, and that last word is so important. He said, savior. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter said when he was you know, proclaiming the good news of Jesus, no other name has been given under heaven by which we must be saved. That's in Acts 4, 12. In other words, the world has ideologies and philosophies. The world has, 
all kinds of uh, traditions and practices, but never ever has there ever been given a savior. You know, we don't mm. think of that. We think let's do it ourselves. Let's figure this out. Let's uh, mm. let's make it all happen. But the truth is we're powerless and weak and facing death is the ultimate test of that. You know, we cannot overcome it by ourselves, but Jesus, our savior, has broken the bonds of death, has overcome it. So it does give us a totally new perspective. People who receive that gift and know Jesus understand that, first of all, this is not the end. All of the challenges in life, the difficulties, financial crises, the political divisions, cultural issues, chaos, that's not the end of the story. Neither is death. There is always more. Christ himself lives and is with us. He gives us strength. He allows us to shine the light of the gospel to others and live in the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So it changes life radically. Our trajectory from hopelessness to hope, from nothingness and purposelessness to impact, to living in grace and security. And it gives us the great uh, anticipation of life to come instead of dreading the end. As you mentioned, we rejoice in a reunion we'll have with all those who trust in Jesus. Uh, we rejoice that you don't have to have any regrets. There's no loss with Christ. You know, so I heard a preacher say once, it was great. He was talking about, oh, you have regrets in life. Never got to take piano lessons, or I didn't finish learning that language <laughs> or whatever, all that stuff. He said, hey, if we live in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there are no regrets. Who knows what surprises we will have in heaven to hone skills, to enjoy the arts, to interact with people. We have this great hopeful life that Jesus has given us forever because of the grace of God. So, yeah, changes everything. That's right. Yeah, the reality of the resurrection changes everything. I like to tell people that to help them see the earthly life, you know, because it gives us a proper perspective on this life that we live. Um, you know, when I look at the news, it is uh, no matter what channel I watch, and I watch all the spectrum as much as I can. So, um, and I see just lots of division, lots of division that um, stories that are made, and it seems to be very purposeful against one another. And, and, and then I compare that to the message of Christ. And while there are times where Jesus says some really strong words that might even seem, you know, very divisive. Uh, you know, like I come, you know, did not bring peace, but the sore, you know, division and stuff. And it's like, whoa, what is he talking about? So there are some certain scriptures where Jesus uh, speaks in a very strong way, but overarching, it's still an I uh, a message of unity. It's a message of bringing together what um, what has been lost. And so the whole idea of God coming into this world to save that which is lost, you know, to save his people from their sins and to to redeem and to buy back. And, um, and I think in our culture, and, and maybe it's different than the first culture, I was wondering maybe you could expound a little bit if you think about uh, the culture in which those disciples were living and the things that they faced and the culture that we're living and the things that we face. And we have that same message of Christ amidst a world of division um, you know, how does the message of Christ maybe uh, affect the culture and penetrate through the noise? I was wondering if you had some thoughts on that. Yeah, Jeff, that's a great thought and really a good direction for conversation for all of us to consider, especially in this day and age when, like you say, there's all kinds of division and there's that 24-hour news cycle that's bringing up every problem and malady and difficulty and highlighting chaos. And 
It can tend to draw us in and lead us to reflect and imitate, echo the narrative of the world. So then Christians won't be distinct from anyone else. You know, if, if as followers of Christ, if people of the resur- as people of the resurrection, you know, Easter people, we simply sound and look like the world. Well, you know, <laughs> what's the purpose of the resurrection? But like you were saying, you know, if you go back to the scriptures, uh, those early disciples were also trapped in the narrative of the age. You know, what did they talk about? They talked about the Roman oppressor. They uh, were caught up in the arguments of church legalism. And when Jesus spoke those words that are divisive, uh, most of the time he was talking to the church, wasn't he? Because there was this, this narrative of power of control, self-centeredness, you know, God's church had really been corrupted and turned into this man-centered grasp for authority. And then on top of that, layered on top of that, is this legal authority of Rome and the pantheon of gods and the corruption and immorality of the Roman religion. And so they're steeped in all this stuff. And that really was the only conversation the disciples could be uh, engaged in until Jesus came. <laughs> Jesus yeah. showed up, and when the resurrection took place, when Christ rose from the dead, you notice, you see it in the scriptures, palpably in the conversations and actions, that these ordinary unschooled men became mm-hmm. bold proclaimers of good news, of new news, of something radically different, they became martyrs. They, the love of Christ exuded from them. His healing power came from their their lips and their lives. So suddenly they were transformed, and that really, I think, is emblematic of the change that we receive as we are resurrection people, as we follow the the risen Christ. You know. The disciples aren't the only ones who got to see Jesus. We see Jesus and receive him in the scriptures through Holy Communion and our baptisms. So we bear witness to the resurrection, and that changes our conversation. You know, sure, we can talk about current events, but as God's people, as believers, disciples of Jesus, we're here to involve others and get a brand new conversation out there. You know, so when when people are suffering and struggling, we can say, hey, we pray to a living God who responds to prayers. When there are worries, fears, and chaos, we can say, you know, uh, those do not chart the course for the future. It is our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the transforming gospel that he gives us. When people say everything is dark and dreary, falling apart, and boy, the evidence of these last days bears that out so often, we can say, but there is a light shining in the darkness, Jesus Christ, and as the church, we're a city set on a hill, and we can not hang our heads, but lift up our heads because our salvation is drawing near, you know, so it changes the conversation, and I think these days, God's people, the church, need to really get their arms around that again, and trust in God and realize that we have something else to say because of the resurrection. And we need to voice that more than ever these days uh, and not just say, Oh yeah, the world's right. Everything's just spiraling downward. You know, we have the hope of Jesus Christ and we can bring it to the world. 
Yeah, we're as you say, you know, a city on a hill, we're to let our light shine, as Matthew tells us in chapter five, to let our light shine before the world. So, um, and Easter is a great time to do that, especially after getting going through Lent, you know, uh, just a, a time of, of wrestling and repentance and reflection and humility, uh, leading you know, through Monday, Thursday, and receiving Holy Communion, and just re really reflecting on what Christ has done for us. Uh, Good Friday setting us up with a, uh, such a strong uh, view of Christ's sacrifice, you know, what he went through, and, and then just to have it all flipped over and turned on its head, and what seemed like the end of the world, like there was no more hope, um, you know, just amazing reality of a resurrection and life to come. So um, that's that's just a beautiful message. And I hope I hope as a church, you know, we we don't forget those gifts that God gives us, like like Holy Communion and baptism. As you mentioned, those things, along with the Word itself, connects us uh, to our Savior, and and we learn more about Him, we experience Him, and we're also uh, reflecting His love in this world through them. And uh, what a great testimony we get to. We get to carry with us. So, oh, well, totally. let me give a little commercial break, if you don't mind, as because this whole uh, engaging truth ministry is is very powerful and uh, certainly reaching across the world. It's part of the Evangelical Life Ministries, and if you're watching this on YouTube, we hope that you'll smash the like button and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming broadcasts. Also, please know that this ministry is uh, made possible by the generosity of people like you. And if you'd like to donate, we would greatly appreciate it as we continue to seek to publish relevant information of God's truth and love and how it engages the world. You can donate online through our website at elmhouston.org or send a check to ELM PO Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. Your gift is tax deductible and you will be given a receipt. And finally, through our website, you can submit questions about our broadcast, uh, even submit prayer requests. We will pray for you. So thank you. And now let's resume our conversation with Michael Newman, president of the Texas District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Well, sir, um, as we think about the listening audience, not just uh, here in America, where our churches are primarily established, but throughout the world, are there some uh, other thoughts that you have regarding Easter or culture or the message of hope and joy that you would like to share with the listening audience? Oh, definitely, Jeff. You know, maybe it's just those that beautiful scriptural phrase, taste and see, the Lord is mm -hmm. good. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. There's some folks out there who are really mired in all the worries and fears and burdens of the world and who have not experienced that great resurrection life. Yeah. Even now, the hope of the resurrection we have in our lives right now. So not just a future thing, but in Christ, it is present. And taste and see that the Lord is good. And it is mm -hmm. amazing how the word refreshes, how our good shepherd restores our souls, and how we are blessed. That's you know, the goal in the Texas district is a partnership of 400 congregations and mission stations. And we want to shine the light, like you said. And we want to offer these gifts of God and share the news of the resurrection with others, whether it's local congregations reaching out to communities, befriending others, uh, local people caring for their neighbors and family and friends and coworkers, or it's planting churches and training evangelists to help share this good news and multiply disciples. There's probably 75% of the population in Texas don't know the joy of the resurrection. So we want to help bless people with that joy. 
the harvest is plentiful. Well, it sure is, Jeff. And, you know, uh, just a year ago, just a few days over a year ago, my mom passed away. It's hard to believe a year has passed. But the one thing that really carried us, our family, through that time of loss, and, you know, you referred it to in your own family, right? The one thing that carried us through and continues to carry us through is the very meaningful, beautiful gift of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, I know my mom trusted her Savior, Jesus, received his gifts and word and blessing through baptism, Holy Communion, had faith. You know, she was not, she was a, kind of a smoldering wick and a bruised reed. She wasn't a strong person. She had a tough life. But the one thing that held on to her always was the love of Jesus and God's strength. And mm -hmm. when the Lord took her home, uh, one, she knew that she had a home in heaven with Jesus. And wow, personally, how sustaining it is to know the hope of the resurrection. And this Easter day, uh, wow, that I hope everybody can receive that great hope and blessing. Yeah, that's great. You know, there's so many, you know, so many great songs, great hymns that come out at this time of year. Maybe that uh, we've been suppressing some of the hallelujahs and such. And uh, I was just curious, what are some of, you know, is there one loves, you know, great hymn that you just love to sing every Easter? I'm sure there's all kinds. But if you were to reflect on just one great hymn that you just love to sing every Easter, what would that be and why? Oh, man, I'll tell you. You know, there's so many that come to mind because as a pastor, <laughs> you just yeah, I know. All and have such just, a great, you know, great. Uh, yeah, you know, I know my Redeemer lives. You got all those Christ verses to go is, through. It's like, Christ the Lord is risen today. Yeah. Just shouting that out. And I could hear the brass in the background, the organ in the background. Um, just that's such a great hymn. And it was fun as a pastor, you know, going through and picking the hymns mm -hmm. for Easter and knowing the beauty. So, yeah, so many are our favorite uh uh, oh, there's one on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Hail the Festival Day. It's just a fun one for me as well. Okay. I think it's Ralph Vaughn Williams, and it's just got such a great rhythm and such a beautiful uh, tune, too. So, yep, love them all. Love to sing them loud. <laughs> yeah, like now all the vault of heaven resounds. You know, mm -hmm. just singing some of these songs. I, I don't know how long it was till I could even understand what the heck that title, that first line even meant. You know, what vault of heaven and resounding? What does all that mean? But uh, I guess it's part of the. It's like the mystery of the resurrection. We may not. It may take a while till it all kind of sinks in. And uh, the more we learn in Scripture, uh, the more we spend time in the fellowship of believers, uh, we continue to. Uh, experience and learn and grow in our faith. And uh, it's nice to know that we've got our Savior with us. So he is Emmanuel. He's walking with us today. Uh, he's walking with us through the storms that we face in life. And, and uh, you know, just to, to, as you said, be Easter people uh, for us to be that resurrection people. It's a, a great opportunity because we certainly don't live in a, in a culture that is all that uh, welcoming to the message of Christ, and uh, and that's to be expected. Uh, it's very counter to our culture, to our world. Uh, but nevertheless, we've got our our Creator and our the Holy Spirit is working in His people, so it's a beautiful thing. So, Amen. all right. Well, we are going to be wrapping up here uh, shortly, and uh, so is there. Uh, maybe I'd like to just have a closing prayer. 
for you, Mike, and for the Texas District, and uh, for ELM. So uh, let's pray. Uh, Almighty God and gracious Father in heaven, Lord, we give you thanks for your mighty work in the in this world and through your church and through the various ministries. Lord, for ELM and this Engaging Truth broadcast, the, we pray for you to uh, continue to share uh, and work through your people. Uh, share your love through us. Uh, let it be known that Jesus Christ has risen today and has uh, and reigns, uh, that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him. Uh, Lord, may you continue to bless Pastor Newman and bless the District of Texas and the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and help us to continue to serve you, O Lord, as we serve and work with one another and reach out to people with the amazing wonderful hope that is found in Jesus Christ, your son. We praise in the precious, powerful name of Jesus, the risen Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.